Are we rolling? We are we rolling. We're rolling this time? We are right. rolling. You know Live. What? All right. You know what, sir? <laughs> I don't appreciate your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Noah Gordon Kessler. Okay. I am uh, 32 years old, uh, born and raised in Durham, North Carolina. Woohoo! We'll see. <laughs> so, Courtney Smith. Yes. One of our story makers. How old are you? 27 years old. And what's your background in Durham? Uh, my parents moved my entire family here when I was five years old and um, grew up here for a big portion of my life, considered Durham my home more than anywhere else. And who's this Noah guy? So Noah's my coworker at Loaf Bakery. Uh, we work together afternoons and evenings at the bakery, five nights a week, uh, making bread and, and setting up pastries and all those things that people love to come to Loaf for. Um, Noah and I are some of the people that make sure that um, you have them the next day. We start the process of like making the doughs and things. Um, so yeah, lots of time spent with him. <laughs> you may remember Courtney. I introduced her briefly two episodes ago. Hey Noah, do you mind grabbing me a gallon or two of milk while you're up there? Thank you. She and Noah had already had some probing conversations about things like race, more deep and honest than with most of her white acquaintances, she says. Then, working together those nights at the bakery, she started telling him about the Storymakers project she was involved in, and the conversations went deeper. In particular, they learned things about each other's backgrounds in Durham that they hadn't shared. Eventually, Courtney took her recorder to work a couple of times and decided to make those talks the basis of her radio piece. With Noah and with help from her sister, Courtney explores a kind of loss of innocence and the gravitational pull of the racial divide. So the first time I met Noah, he was extremely friendly, like, hey, how you doing? Um, my first impression of him was that he was... Um, this white, good old Southern white boy, that's what he looked like. He sounded, he had a very thick Southern accent. Um, he was making hot dogs and offered me once. I was like, oh, you're just, you're, you're, you're a Southerner, you know? Um, and so, you know, you probably come maybe from down East somewhere or something. And then later on, I think maybe the next week I found out that he grew up here in Durham and, um, which I was like, okay, I could see that. And then he talked about him, you know, growing up in a, in a household that, uh, Jewish, uh, household went to a local congregation here. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming from him at all. I'm having a more progressive background and just all those things that came with it. It was, it was a shock to me. And then I found out as well, he grew up in a, uh, black middle-class neighborhood here in Durham, uh, Hope Valley North. Sometimes it's it's weird, you know, because there are all these stereotypes of growing up in different kinds of neighborhoods and rough and tumble neighborhoods and stuff like that. And I was like, the neighborhood was all black and it was fun. You know, there wasn't, you yeah. know, there are none of these stereotypical associations. And it was a very, very tight-knit community. Which was funny because I told him I grew up in white, um, middle-class neighborhoods here in Durham. Um, the most welcoming suburb we lived in was in northern Durham. It's Eno Trace. And at that okay. time... It was, it was still pretty heavily uh, white, but it was the most diverse suburb we've lived in. Yes. On our little cul-de-sac, sat, we knew most of the people. I feel like at that time period, um, when Noah and I were growing up, there was a lot of optimism about, um, especially on race. We, we just all have to get along, and we will get along, especially our children, because they don't see color. Um, that's what was being said. 
the goal was that you just hang out with your friends on a regular basis and then we don't have to deal with racism anymore. Like it'll go away on its own. We just keep pushing forward, right? And Noah felt that too at the time, growing up around majority black folks, but he still had white friends growing up. I definitely felt that, like, especially amongst my white friends, there's this desire to not be portrayed as stereotypical, racist, southern, Mm -hmm. you know, white men especially. You know, back then we were boys, of course. I've heard countless, countless stories, not of uh, of parents saying racist things, but of grandparents saying Mm -hmm. racist things. So, like, I definitely remember growing up where it was like, in a certain way, and it was... You know, childhood idealism and all that. But there's a certain feeling of kind of like, oh, we're, we're moving past that a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're starting, and which is, you know, in hindsight, it's kind of like, well, there probably wasn't much to that. Going into middle school and high school, uh, things started changing for uh, Noah and myself when it came to the friends we grew up with who, who weren't of the same race. Yeah, I remember, like, telling you that kind of story the other day where it was, like, I reached, you know, I reached a point around, like, coming out of middle school and yeah. high school where it was, on my end, it wasn't even a conscious thing. Yeah. Where it was, like, you start to get kind of more specified mm-hmm. in your socialized groups and, like, I was big into punk rock, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, the majority of the punk rockers were white. Yeah. So it was, like, at a certain point, you know, it was, like, I'd see these folks that I'd known one gentleman in particular we've talked about. I'm, you know, I'll leave his name out of this one. But, uh, you know, we've known each other since we were four years old, mm-hmm. you know. And not that we were thick as thieves, but we grew up in the same yeah, neighborhood. Knew each other. We were friends. I knew his parents. He knew my parents. I hung out at his house. He hung out at my house. Like all of us did at some point in time. And then it got to a point where it was just like, you know, like looking across the lobby and like realizing like, oh shit, like I'm hanging out with my group of white friends and mm-hmm. he's hanging out with his group of black friends. Mm-hmm. And we still live in the same neighborhood. We still talk to each other and all that. But it started to shift. I still don't know how I feel about it. There's so many yeah. sentiments and emotions I can express about that, you know, that like um, nothing personal. And there's part of me that's like, that's kind of personal. You know what I mean? A similar thing happened to me uh, growing up with my white friends from my childhood. Um, but for me, it happened much earlier. In second grade, my parents sent me to a Christian private school here for one year. Uh, and I was one of three black kids that I remember in the whole school. There was another girl, Courtney. She was also black. She was in fifth grade, though. I would see her in the hallways and be really excited because we shared the same name. We were both, as my mom would say, we were both chocolate little girls. Um, But that was kind of my only interaction with another kid of color in the school. Other than that, it was was a sea of white kids. All the kids in my class were white. All the teachers that interacted with me were white. I remember feeling really lonely. The teachers every so often would send like progress reports about how we were doing, as well as, like, you know, what our schoolwork was like, but, you know. And um, I think I snuck mine away from my mom one time, and my teacher was telling my mom every day at a certain time in class, I would just sit on my desk and cover my head and start, like, crying, but I was trying to hide it. I remember there was a birthday party I went to. My parents dropped me off, um, and I was... The only kid of color, as far as I can, yeah, the only kid, definitely the only black kid there. And I remember playing with the kids, but um, feeling like kind of singled out and pushed to the side. Um, And also some of the adults making me feel that way as well. 
And there's a picture of me at that party standing on the swing set. Like kids are running around looking all happy and I look sad. I talked to my sister Erica about that time period. She didn't go to the school with me. She still remained at home with my other siblings. You weren't a part of that, but you do remember like me not being oh, there and yeah. all that. I remember you not being there and I remember the way that you started acting. <laughs> <laughs> which is not good. Yeah. Which is why, Mom, and I feel guilty <laughs> to this day. And it wasn't. It was... It was very out of character for you to be doing some of the things that you were doing because you've always been, like, this nurturing, like, little mommy. And then all of a sudden, because after you were there for a while, you were really, like, mean to all of us. And, like, would it be really short with us and, like, not want to play with us? Which I I remember, and it bothered me a little bit, but... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cry. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a painful memory for me. Because I remember being mean to you guys. And it was just weird for you to be that way. Yeah, because I remember feeling like, why am I acting this way towards my siblings? I love y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... But it was really because of the environment I was in was not a good environment for me. And I was soaking up all these negative things. And it the outlet, unfortunately, was on you guys. And um, so mom and dad pulled me out, which I think was a good idea. Talking uh, with Noah about you know, his black friends and middle school and high school and the things that started happening, I could identify with what they were experiencing uh, because I felt like starting in middle school, but really in high school, I, I learned that the friendships I had weren't reciprocal in the sense of I couldn't talk about anything deep when it came to race, um, when it came to my identity as a black woman. My sister Erica, she went through a similar process choosing to spend more time with people who look like us and understand the experiences we go through um, and less time with white people who don't get it and don't want to get it. There isn't one particular moment. It was a culmination of moments Mm -hmm. about like when I would just say things and then people would invalidate, you know, my experience and my identity. And then I think it really, it cost too much for me time-wise, emotionally, spiritually, and it also takes a physical toll Mm -hmm. to have to try to educate folks about what it is to be black in this country and all top of it, what is it to be black and a woman in this country because that's something that's constantly overlooked. Yeah. Everybody's just going to get along if we just hang around each other and... That was a very optimistic view. It was misguided, but it was very optimistic. And now, um, but that was our childhood. Yeah, there used to be a lot more kind of like, yeah, like you said, like even if it was maybe a little bit misplaced or a little Mm -hmm. bit of a facade, there was like, there's definitely this feeling of like diversity. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, you know, like Hispanics, whites, blacks, you know, there was that idea. And now it's just kind of more like Durham. And it's like, well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) Where it's like, you know, Durham, love yourself. And I'm like, well, but. Who are we talking about in Durham mm-hmm. to love themselves? And like, you know, I can know, talk to Noah about a lot, but there is still a little bit of a wall sometimes in talking with him. So some of the limitations I think are, I hate to say it, but optimism being like, oh, but but we'll get there. 
and we need optimism but being willing to understand that it's gonna it takes it takes more than just having a desire to get there it takes actually putting the work in 